0: Send me down to Jacksonville. I pay my dues, I've had my fare. I've been on my that dollar bill all my driving here. Got a good woman here at home. Grown children that I've barely known. Now they've got kids of their own, and they're with me. no way I haven't been From Auburndale to old Korean, I fought that hard while home in win At least a thousand rand Taking the name of my God in vain 30 hard winters in the freezing rain It's two days up and two days down Just send me to old.
1: That's a little bit of Paul Marhofer's uh, Jacksonville from his Raw Cuts record, the trucker and singer-songwriter, uh, many of the regular listeners and readers of Overdrive will be familiar with. He is uh, one of our Trucker Talent Search uh, participants from the, uh, the 2015 round, and he did uh, give a performance this year at the Trucker Talent Search All-Stars uh, at the Great American Trucking Show. And uh, in any case, uh, what we're... Uh, we're here for today, though, is a little talk with him, mostly about uh, his new record, which is called Old Black Epiphone. You've heard a little bit about it already uh, when we visited uh, some of the recording sessions down in Muscle Shoals, where he cut about half the tracks, and then uh, up in Indiana, where he's based, uh, did the other half. And uh, in any case, uh, I started off uh, with a little question to him about, uh, you know, just uh, just where. His, uh, his songwriting uh, tends to come from and uh, he had a lot to say about that and uh, as you go through the listen to our conversation uh, all the songs you'll hear except uh, for the Jacksonville song that we just heard are from the new record again it's called Old Black Epiphone and it is available uh, via Paul com, and that's Marhofer M-A-R-H-O-E-F-E-R uh, in any case PaulmarHofferMusic.com. Check it out, and and let's have a listen. Yeah, you brought up uh, Tony Justice um, when when you were uh, performing at the Trucktown Smash All Stars this year, Uh, and how you know he's talked to me about this too, about how the the sort of objective is to kind of translate the the language of of, working people into into poetry into song, Um, and that you know you take you try to take a similar approach. As a general rule, and um, but you know when, when you think about Tony Justice and and, uh, and the kind of, of th- music he does and the kind of music you do the, the textures and the layers and the feel of the whole thing is very exceedingly different. Um, and I was just curious to you know hear you talk a little bit about a little bit more about um, you know the kind of approach that you take. Uh, songwriting and you know just expounding upon that theme more or less.
0: Well, it, this is my main guy right here, Robert Service. Um, okay. My dad used to read Robert Service to me, and when I was a kid, he he would tell me that Robert Service would celebrate the common man. I actually purchased this in the Yukon Territory while I was taking a load of plants up through there, and uh, it's a collected works best of, I guess. Yeah, the yeah. best of. And it's, it's kind of coffee-stained and dog-eared, but um, just the whole structure, I mean, the whole, the way he structures a, a song, or um, a poem, is, is kind of, that really, you can... Have you ever read any Robert Service? No. Well, He was the bard of the Yukon and a lot of his stuff, Baxter Black, Guy Clark. Someone at once asked uh, Guy Clark in Austin City Limits who his main musical influence was. He said Robert Service. He said my dad used to read me Robert Service and it hit me me really hard because at that point I'd been writing songs for my own, just for my own enjoyment for like 30 years and I hadn't done anything with it and then and then and then guy clark said uh and i don't just write these songs I just sit alone in a room and play them and it was almost as if i had this moment where i thought well that gone my dad did everything for me that guy clark's dad did for him and uh guy clark's dad was a lawyer of course he just recently passed away but uh robert service is pretty much the dude and uh, and and so so here's what happens Dad used to read Studs Turkle to me and Robert service now like I get around those guys at the Pompano market and they're almost all dead now because they lived a hard life and they, they had this ethic and they would wear penny loafers there was a subset of drivers that would wear penny loafers and that meant that you knew the the deal and you knew the drill and you'd walk they'd walk into those brokers office and it was sort of a feudal system if you wore penny loafers you were one of those guys and uh, uh, and they would sit around telling these stories about these brothels in South Carolina and it was just they would use all the forbidden words uh, and, and they didn't care wh- whether they were acceptable or not and, and it was it was really rich stuff and I, I would think to myself if only Studs Turkle was here right now recording this but all I could do was just sit in the shadows and listen and then, and then try to put it into a lot service. where the girls they are good to me. When it comes my time to go coming down to Mount Jellicoe and when you see those ashes blow then you'll know I'm free. Ain't no way Like when you're around, it's, it's hard to find these people anymore because number one, uh, truck drivers used to be really socially needy people because they, they had consigned themselves to a life of isolation and, and when they get together they would just naturally talk to each other. Now that doesn't happen anymore because technology has changed us socially. Right. Uh, but those guys that bought, well, I got stuck down there one Thanksgiving uh, with, with these, all these guys and we all put our money in together. And we went to the winn Dixie and bought this beautiful Thanksgiving dinner, and they were, they were, uh, and they're almost all dead now. And uh, I, w- I, would go down there and ask about them, and I, I've tried to. I, they're, they're material rich people. Those the the the, the boys, the rate boys out of Pompano, yeah. and um, so that's kind of the process for me. Is when you get around, and and this becomes problematic when you. I have neighbors who are very material rich and when you write topical songs about people you know uh, that especially the most interesting people are not always the pillars of the community so when you Lucas Brown was about a guy who committed an act of criminality and um, uh, and, and you, you, it, it's I don't know it's, um, it's like you, you kinda need you need the muse but the muse isn't just some, you know, benign force that's tiptoeing through the tulips. The, the muse will make a pass at your wife. The muse will <laughs> borrow money from you and, and not repay it. Um, and, um, and so <clears throat> these, these material rich people are, are, are I don't know, they seem to be uh, passing from our midst quickly. And uh, But you always find one. There, there's always another
1: one that will come up. Uh, George, George Corley-Wallace, for instance.
0: Uh, I, I wrote George Corley-Wallace because I heard Chris Christie uh, refer to George Corley-Wallace as a despicable human being. And I was so angered by that because George Corley-Wallace is a kind of a symbol of redemption to me, in a sense. Now, he may have become remorseful too late after the damage was done. And people can make the statement, well, if he hadn't made the stance at the schoolhouse steps, perhaps the Birmingham church bombings would not have occurred because he, he, maybe he set a tone, maybe he didn't set a tone. But but Wallace, in his last election, carried 90% of the black vote. Wallace put in more trade schools in Alabama than, than the entire state of California. He gave more raises to any teachers. Um, home ownership among minorities is still higher in Alabama than anywhere so he was kind of this mixed bag and, and it, it, it angered me so much when Chris Christie said that because I think our greatest problem in this country right now is reductionism when, when we just when we we take that one thing about George Wallace his stand at the schoolhouse steps and we say he was a despicable human being and and we public discourse has become very vile and 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 there was it's, it's nuanced. so there was this devotion to George Wallace among the steel haulers out of Birmingham because the the northern railroads were stiffing him on the freight. It's You can Google it. And he couldn't compete with the northern mills because they were, those northern railroads, some of those people had joint, I think when they were on the same boards, they golfed at the same clubs as the steel mill owners from the north. And so Wallace, to this day, there's not a lot of scales in Alabama. And so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so when I started uh, hauling that cheese, I, I got in trouble. I had a truck note, seventeen hundred forty-one dollars, big canary yellow Western Star, and uh, it was fine when fuel was a dollar twenty. But when fuel went to two fifty, I had to. I I was I was really hurting. A guy got slow with me. I got behind, and so I I went up there, and I I, I really. That, literally, that, that, that is probably the most autobiographical song I've ever written because it's almost completely true, every word of it. Um, and I, my daughter, when you haul LTL cheese, LTL cheese will make a, a liar out of you because you're waiting on one pallet and you tell your daughter, I'll be home tomorrow, honey, I promise and that happened like three or four times you know it's like oh my god i'm just a terrible father <laughs> you know because you tell your daughter you're going to be home now you can't be home because you have to dodge the scales from um somewhere in the northern midwest to florida and um, and uh and you know it it, it it bit us all in the butt you know we we had some boys out of chicago from eastern europe that they they hired and uh the inch two of them rolled trucks within about a month of each other and the insurance combination said why, why are we buying 65,000 pounds of cheese on each load here you know because they, they were just we, we would load heavy you know and that LTL that's that's where I was when I when I wrecked you know I just I couldn't I couldn't it's like I, I was so wrapped up in my obligation to that truck note that that became the most important thing in the world to me and uh, I, other people have been there, I know.
1: We'll hear a little bit of that. Here. George um, Corley Wallace were no railroad
0: man. 45th governor, state of Alabama. See, they stepped him on the freight out of Birmingham steel. So he trucked it out to state on the 18 wheel. He didn't want no scales He didn't want no toes He said keep the people working Let them big trucks roll So yes they love that man And they love Miss Lerlane Cause they brought in more jobs Than them people had ever seen I took to pulling me a reefer on the LTL From the highways and the hedges to the gates ahead. There's a lot of
1: that kind of uh, re- sort of reckoning with the mistakes of the past on this album, I feel like. And a lot of it, you know, has directly to do with trucking. And not just yourself, but the, the entire sort of culture of trucking in a certain way. Um, particularly that song uh, that we just heard, but but other others as well there's the well there's there's a the song about um, the uh, the wreck that you mentioned earlier about it in a roundabout way I think um, God and got alone well I, uh, I had uh, Denise and I are
0: both left-handed we're very very right brain you can probably tell my by my truck I, I you know I, I struggle to be an organized person all, all of our children became right-handed left brain highly organized highly whole oriented people and we we don't know how it happened we we, we we were just doing the best we could and then they all graduated from some you know uh, higher learning uh, institution and we, we were just like how did this happen and you know uh, well you know you have to attribute something like that to God because you know if Freud was right none of them would have you know, none of them I don't think would have done as well i mean there was something else in that mix that that made them want to achieve maybe maybe their nature was different than ours because they had no opportunities i had every opportunity handed to me and i i didn't appreciate it you know i uh uh, they they had no opportunities and they they really strove to make something out of themselves so i was kind of like like i got a is an attorney and he's got a son who wants to be a wandering gypsy and and uh, he's 14 years old and he's had you know well why don't you go with your uncle paul for a couple weeks i know what he's trying to do he's trying to just completely wreck the glamour out of it oh my gosh that's how he lives you know and so i we're probably gonna take him in this summer but he's a really bright kid and a great kid
1: and
0: but um so that's a little I was bit about that. About song, a Christmas but, uh, after the wreck, when all your kids got that morning were post-dated checks, and a Kenworth with a bull rack and 30-second scale to share. It was three months learning how to walk again, so we learned to eat beans and I learned to drink gin while the rest went to household finance through the courthouse mail. I've seen you in your caps and gowns watch you getting up every time you fall down knew no, you're doing right by the children at your bed all I could see was God and God alone
1: who took us here from there tell me a little bit about um, you know how the record came together you know I mean there's a uh, there's clearly like there's clearly some some recurring uh, themes and places and, and, and geographies in here that I find particularly interesting coming from a, a guy from Muncie, Indiana. There's a lot of there's a lot of Alabama here, and I know you record some of the uh, the record down there, Muscle Shoals. But uh, you know what is it about um, what is it about an Alabama that uh, that seems to sort of uh, bring out Poetry from a guy from Muncie, right?
0: My dad was a wealthy man. Uh, we actually, we he actually had domestic servants, and, and there was a woman from Alabama who pretty much became my de facto mother. And she was like uh-huh. the most perfect soul I ever knew. I, I really, I wanted to be like her in, in, in the way she was patient with people, and and we were very close till the day she died. When she died, I was in Idaho. I couldn't get. Back to the funeral, and uh, when I saw the movie, uh, the documentary Muscle Shoals, I had just been rear-ended by a tractor trailer, and I was a mess. Uh, I was, I, I was just a mess. They sent me home for he. Um, it, it, it had totaled my trailer, or the, my boss's trailer, and I, I wasn't. Uh, I, you know, I had to go to the chiropractor several times, and and I see this. Ferguson had just. Uh, happen, and I see this move, uh, this documentary about Muscle Shoals. There was just something about the way those people spoke that reminded me so much of uh, this lady whose name was Harriet Pope, and uh, from Huntsville. And I, I just had, I had to get to Alabama. But I, I, I don't know. My, I, it was just a wish. And then my daughter, who's you know, um, she's now. Uh, in historic res- uh, preservation she she just said oh that's what you want to do okay and so she just booked the time at fame and because uh, she f- probably figured I would just procrastinate and never do it and um, so the whole Alabama connection was because there was a lot of these northern immigrants pardon me southern immigrants, came up to Muncie Indiana and Muncie Indiana was a booming town and, and there was all these Union jobs uh, uh, Dad had a union meat packing plant. It was like it was like being an auto worker. Those guys make killer. I wish I could be a union <laughs> meat cutter. In my, my dad's plant in the 70s. It it was a happening town, and and this lady's husband worked for my dad, and she, and she worked. And, and you know, maybe I shouldn't go around telling people all this, but I, I was just kind of a goofball. You know, I, I just um, I I should have finished college, but I didn't. And, um and so but i always i just love driving a truck I, that was my first job you know for my dad was cleaning the trucks washing the trucks gassing the trucks welding on the trucks and and i just man i just uh I, there was just something about those guys coming in and they, they cuss whenever they wanted to cuss and and just it was a very different type of life than what i had seen mm-hmm. it was, sure. it was so
1: where'd the uh, alabama here i am Tell me about writing that. Well, I wrote that after seeing the documentary.
0: um, And it was actually a tribute to the Swampers and to Rick Hall. And, uh, uh, you know, that... I don't know. There was just something about the way those people spoke that just... Maybe it's because I had just been hit by a uh, rear-ended by a truck, but it all kind of... it, It was just a deep longing to go back to Alabama and I've always loved Alabama. I, one time I broke down on 65 near uh, the Soul exit. I had a um, dropped a head bolt and I needed water bad. And I, I went across the road. There's some men working on the interstate on the southbound side. I said, man, is there, you don't have any water around. He goes, no, but here, just take my pickup. Now, I don't have no insurance. So just be real careful. It was like, he was like, I could have like ruined him financially. But, you know, it's just the kindness. And I really wanted to move to Hartford. I just, I love it. Ah. Alabama, here I am. I heard you calling me. In the still smile, voice from your healing waters clearing all the Tennessee. I am the foundling son of your dogskin, daughter, learned to love you on and knee sacred song your red hills taught she tender tendered and kind to me been ten hard years all in a row since the morning that she died i was snowbound and Try. When you're out on the road And you're under a load And you learn that your mother's passed on It puts a crease in the And much you can do Try to make a I right. you know, My wife's family is up in Indiana and I, I still I would probably Love to move to Alabama I, I don't know why There's just a there's a certain kindness It's just like, for example, that whole Muscle Shoals community They, they knew I was nobody, they knew I had nothing, I was just a truck driver wanting to make an album, but they were so embracing, you know, it's like, that
1: wasn't because of who I was, that's because who they were. Sure, sure. The first song on the record, the the uh, Looking for the Son of Man, uh, that that one um, stands out a few, for a few reasons, uh, it's the only one I think on there where you play in the dobro, um, you know, it's got that kind of classic sort of, uh, you know, old blues chant kind of gospel thing going on to it. What uh, what inspired that one? Well, um,
0: it all started with this book um, called *Letters to a Young Poet* by Rainier Maria Rilke. And uh, one time, I opened for a guy named Ray Wiley Hubbard, and he said, "Read that book." And there are three takeaways from Rilke. Read your Bible every day, avoid love songs, and make poetry out of your poverty. So I, I really took that to heart and was really tried hard to read. I was reading in Matthew 24 about how people's love was growing colder and when there's lawlessness in the land. And I was at the McDonald's in Franklin, Kentucky with, with, with the truck parking and there was this woman and she had her baby on the counter and her hand on her hip. And she was yelling at her baby daddy on the phone. No, well, we're going to get a lawyer on you, and, and and we were just stacked up like cordwood behind this woman, and uh, and the the cl- the guy at the McDonald's says, "Ma'am, I, I'm waiting to take your order." And like she's she doesn't care about anything, and her mom's like right there, and her mom's like just ashamed that all, all this is happening. Very disturbing, you know. And and this happens every day, and and uh, and so. I've been reading on that, Matthew 24, and I don't want you to think I'm some great person. Uh, I, I just, I read the Bible to, so I'm not as as difficult as a person. I, I, it doesn't make me good. It just makes me less of a pain in the butt to everyone around me. But, uh, uh, and I, I just, that just rung with that, you know, love growing cold and the two women in the mill and then, now, that's a perfect example of those Muscle Souls people. I said, I want like a chain gang sound, Donnie, what do you got? And, and they just let me get this uh, washboard out, and I was just doing this thing, and they, they put the reverb to it, and I, I thought it worked. work. I, I, and I wanted to, mo- I got so into this Southern thing, and I, I've watched Old Brother were Out There like 20 times, I wanted to pattern the album after Old Brother were Out There. So, that first one, while I was trying to do that. was trying to mimic the first scene of *Old Brother will be two women grand and men. Two. In the field.
1: this to you but
0: george corley wallace i had two other songs i I like to have 10 or 12 songs it's just just a silly superstition uh and uh i had a song that was supposed to go on there called you were a good hand and when we sent it to muscle Shoals to get mastered we had cut it in indiana half the songs were cut in indiana half uh, roughly half in indiana half in muscle And I, I listened to it. I realized I had completely did a whole line wrong in the lyric, and I couldn't live with it. So we had to rush in the studio, to do George Corley Wallace, and we almost, we we, we pushed the CD people so late. Uh, our CDs came the, the day of the first CD celebration show. It was, and they weren't even sure if they could, could get it done, and it was but that George Corley Wallace willed his way into the song and it's my kid's favorite song um dad when you're so. coming home she said I almost think that you'd just rather be alone I said I'll be there in the morning honey I swear but then that old boy with my cheddar jack knifed in oh And forgive me my sons For chasing that dollar bag When you were young Couldn't make it home When you needed me most Cause I was 27,000 pounds Over gross Once I was as ruddy As a buck moon stag Just a blasting in my rebel flag How am more down and dirty As an old shop rag I do my business in a bottle Do my business in a bag give me my So we're calling, the, we're calling the record Old Black um,
1: I've heard you I think I've heard you talk about uh, The origins of that before bag. But if you could, give us, uh, in your words, of why why'd you call it Old Black Epiphone, and what, uh, what's behind that song?
0: Well, okay, old Black, the Old Black Epiphone was a gift from a guy I used to work for. And he was just an, an old trucker, and we kind of understood each other. And uh, he had heard me singing a song in my truck on a spring day with the windows down and my daughter had given me this really nice classical guitar but I accidentally sat on it in the sleeper and it was held together I had it all duct taped up and, and and bailing twine literally and he goes man what is that song you're singing I've never heard that song I said oh it's just this thing I wrote and man, that's a good song send me another one and and he goes and he looked at my guitar what's wrong with your guitar what happened yeah, I said I accidentally sat on it and, oh my gosh and like two weeks later, he gives me this old Black Epiphone, and it really has a nice sound. They call that the poor man's Gibson, you know. Yeah. Well, I was going to cut a couple songs kind of as a tribute to him on an album, and there was a well-meaning music friend said, no, man, you need to use my Martin instead of that piece of junk. And uh, that was kind of like the end of the band right there. It's like, um, and I hate to say that because these were wonderful people. But I wonder if you should not even try to be in a band with your friends. Because when these creative disagreements occur, it's like I have no way to contain uh, what happens afterwards. Right. And, and, and it, it was... Um, and they were good people. In fact, the, the following song references... That's how you burn down a band, you know? That's, yeah. um But to me, you don't have to have... Um, Martin to write a song but I'm a stubborn son of a buck and I'm of German descent now by the time I got done making this album and paying Travis Walmart to play that old black epiphone I could have had three of those Martin's I'd rather play a poor man's Gibson in a harbor rust taking me About my head each day in noontime for my cornbread butter and be whole your golden lane
1: martin
0: making a sound of uh, sound
1: Yeah what's of the in the what's in the pipeline for you next
0: I I think I the working title is The Dark Gospels. It's it's gonna be a, an album about uh anti heroes from the bible and like the first one is called noah the rest of the story now noah did a great job during that flood and i'm not taking anything away from him but he got a little sloppy after he planned that vineyard and uh and, you know it's in there i feel like it's in there for for us Those to learn from so yeah, i mean i, I could even so. <laughs> play a little bit of it if you want but i, I don't